1: Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by The China Project. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. After a one-week break, we are back in the studio ready to deliver nothing but the biggest China business news stories to you. And there is a lot to catch up on. Huawei's founder, says the company is fighting for its survival. The authorities have been racing to put out devastating wildfires that have been blazing in southwestern China, and there's been a lot to ridicule over the country's volleyball team competing in N95 masks to keep COVID at bay. With all the juiciest stories from the world's second-largest economy, here's your weekly roundup. And we kick things off with China's plans to stabilize the economy. The State Council has introduced a raft of measures designed to improve market liquidity and encourage spending. Policymakers are fighting to support a recovery that's been battered by a prolonged property crisis and repeated COVID outbreaks. The Cabinet issued 19 policies to bolster the economy after a meeting chaired by Premier Li Keqiang. The measures are expected to create synergies with policies already introduced and help stabilize the economy, the State Council said in a readout of the meeting. China's economic recovery remains fragile as persistent virus restrictions disrupt businesses and the deepening property crisis dampens market sentiment. GDP growth in the second quarter slid to 0.4%, the slowest since the pandemic started in early 2020. Things are looking turbulent in China's southwest. At least 20 wildfires broke out in Sichuan province and Chongqing municipality since mid-August, according to media reports and government statements. In Chongqing alone, authorities have had to dispatch some 5,000 emergency rescue workers and seven helicopters to contain the fires, while transferring nearly 1,500 affected residents to safety. The news comes as the country endured its worst heat wave since 1961, with Chongqing and Sichuan experiencing a persistent drought. The drought has caused reservoirs to dry up and cripple hydropower stations in Sichuan, prompting the provincial government to extend an industrial power suspension and activate its highest emergency response for a power supply shortfall. Around 110 million people live In Sichuan and Chongqing. In big business news, Huawei's founder says that the company is battling for its survival. In a memo last week to employees, Ren Zhengfei said that the telecoms gear giant must therefore shift focus from expansion to profitability as a looming global recession threatens its business. Ren wrote that the company should concentrate on profits and cash flow instead of revenue to ensure the company's survival over the next three years. The Huawei founder said, With survival the main principle, marginal businesses will be shrunken and closed, adding that the chill will be felt by everyone. The 77-year-old executive's downbeat business outlook and shift in priorities suggested further dramatic restructuring for the tech titan. Huawei has been fighting for its life since the U.S. barred it two years ago from buying an array of imported components from Qualcomm's most advanced chips to Alphabet's Android operating system. The U.S. and its allies also blocked the company from their markets on national security grounds. Also making noise is SMIC. China's top semiconductor player, SMIC, is planning to splash out 7.5 billion U.S. dollars on a new plant, the company announced plans to build a 12-inch wafer production line in Tianjin municipality. As the largest contract chipmaker on the Chinese mainland, SMIC said the new plant would have a production capacity of 100,000 wafers per month. Global chipmakers have scrambled to expand production capacity over the past two years amid strong demand for semiconductors from clients including car makers and smartphone makers. Moving on to some interesting developments in Hong Kong now, where police have arrested six people linked to a transnational employment scam ring after receiving dozens of requests for help this year from residents lured to Southeast Asia by high-paying job offers and made to take on illegal work. That's according to law enforcement authorities and local media reports. Of the 36 people who sought help, 14 have been confirmed free and safe while the rest are believed to still be trapped without travel documents in Cambodia and Myanmar. The police say that the victims had their passports confiscated on arrival and were tortured if they failed to scam others. According to the authorities, the victims fell prey to offers of high-earning work with low requirements and some on false promises of romance. Hong Kong police said three men and two women aged between 17 and 51, were detained last week on charges of conspiracy to defraud, with the two men suspected of being the backbone of the scam to recruit victims, and one woman suspected of posting deceptive posts on social media. Now they say there's no use crying over spilled milk, but what about milk with a dubious additive mixed into it? Chinese dairy producer Mai Chuar Group was fined over 70 million yuan, or around $10 million, for putting in undeclared additive in its pure milk products. In an exchange filing, the company said its customers had received refunds on 4.6 million yuan worth of substandard milk products. In addition, the local market watchdog confiscated unsold items worth over 360,000 yuan. Mai suspended production of its pure milk products on July 3rd. The company said it had corrected operational problems and will restart sales of the product line after getting clearance from authorities. And finally, China's national women's volleyball team caused a stir on Chinese social media, and this is not about the quality of their athletic performance on the volleyball court, but rather for the masks that they wore on their faces. After the Chinese team's first set of their Asian Volleyball Confederation Cup match against Iran, a mob of online posters accused the team's organizers of putting the athletes at risk of suffocation by allowing them to play wearing N95 face masks to protect them from COVID. The Chinese team lost the first set of the match, but won the next three after the players removed their masks, allowing them to advance to the quarterfinals. The China Volleyball Association subsequently apologized, saying it failed to immediately remind the players to remove their masks due to a, quote, lack of experience. Let's just say that the statement did not quell the outrage. Despite the victory, online critics still speculated on how wearing masks could have interfered with the players' breathing and hurt their performance, perhaps even causing them to lose the first set. Let's turn now to Nandini Venkata, podcast producer at Saishin Global, to tell us about her pick for the story of the week and what might that story be, Nandini?
0: Hi, Kaiser. Yeah, so for this week, I chose quite an amusing story and also an important story, which has, you know, an important lesson for everyone that it never pays to cheat in an exam. It's all about how um, three people... Three adults were arrested in Shanghai over a high school entrance exam leak.
1: Okay, Nandini, I am intrigued. Uh, Let's hear the details.
0: Yeah, so, well, the people who've gotten into trouble are two parents, as well as an employee of a printing company. So they have been arrested for leaking and illegally obtaining the Shanghai high school entrance exam test papers. And the city's educational authorities also say that the child of those two parents has had had test results invalidated due to cheating.
1: No surprise there. Very naughty. Now, uh, do go on.
0: So at the center of all of this was one woman um, who goes by the surname Joe. Um, she worked at this printing company um, and they were going to print the test papers. So she then leaked them to her old acquaintances whose daughter was about to take the high school entrance exam in July. And this has all been dug up by a Shanghai police investigation. So um, the kid's mother, who goes by the surname Tsai, then copied the questions down by hand, but It turns out that Sai made some mistakes when she copied down uh, um, these questions by hand. And she actually rendered two of the questions unsolvable. So then she was like, oh, my God, I have to, you know, find the answers to these questions. And she then started going through a series of people to find how to answer these exam questions. So she first contacted one of her parents who was a maths teacher and um, did not reveal how she had come across this particular maths question. And the grandfather was unable to solve that exam question. So then he went on to contact another person who then went on to contact someone else. So you can see there was this chain of people getting in touch with each other, trying to find out how do you solve this high school exam question. And eventually it got to the point where one teacher ended up sharing these exam questions with another teacher who then showed them with dozens of his middle school students who were preparing to sit that high school entrance exam. So after the exam, a lot of people then were wondering, why had these students been shown questions that were so similar to the ones that appeared on the Shanghai high school entrance exam paper. And eventually, you know, as in our modern times, people started posting about this on social media. And this eventually kicked off a Shanghai police investigation leading to these three people being eventually found out.
1: Oh, wow. Amazing. Uh, So what has been the fallout from this so far? I know you mentioned that three people had been arrested, but do we know what's going to happen next? The
0: last I heard was that the mother and also this printing employee, um, Joe, they were in police custody. Sai's husband has been released on bail. The printing company that employed Joe has also gotten into trouble. They've been banned from printing confidential documents, and two senior managers at the company have also been sacked. And, you know, it's quite a serious offense. Um, According to China's criminal law, anyone who illegally sells or shares official test questions or answers for the purpose of cheating could be punished with up to seven years in prison.
1: Okay, Nandini. Uh, So what about all those kids who saw the exam question or or something close to it ahead of time uh, before they actually sat the exam?
0: Yeah. So according to the Shanghai police, um, you know, it's Actually, quite a lot of, um, of these examinees saw these questions in advance. Um, a total of 31, it seems. And um, the results of all 31 are going to be upheld.
1: Okay. Thank you, Nandini.
0: Thanks, Kaiser.
1: And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Tyson Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Vincata with stories from the staff of Tyson Global. Special thanks to Lucene of Tyson Global. Thanks to Spring It Autumn for the music. This podcast is going to be on hiatus for a, a bit while we make some changes. Look for us in a few weeks with an updated format. Nandini, meanwhile, is moving on and headed back to Europe. Thank you so much and best of luck to you, Nandini. It's been fantastic working with you. And thank you for listening. We will see you in a few weeks. Take care.